0: Welcome to God is Open. I'm your host, Christopher Fisher. Today on God is Open, we're going to be covering a few of these verses from this random website called Open Theism Heresy. Oh, they're going to prove open theism is a heresy. Oh, wow. And they got uh, some sort of like all-seeing eye with like a triangle. So I don't know if these guys are part of the Illuminati. I don't know why the Illuminati hates open theism so much. But let's see what they say. They have the the Bible verses proving open theism error. I think they're missing a couple words there in that sentence. I'm uh, I'm thinking they're missing something. So they start with this, Psalms 147.5. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. So let's let's grab our handy dandy little, uh, little quick reference. What is open theism? Open theism is the rejection of classical omniscience. Classical omniscience states that God has ungenerated, non-discursive, eternal, and unfalsifiable, exhaustive knowledge of all things. That means God can't think new thoughts. He can't uh, process things in his mind. Remember the verse we just read talks about God's understanding. Understanding is an attribute where you take outside information and you fit it together in a way that becomes useful. That's what understanding is. And so any verse about God's mental ability is discursive. Is discursive. It falsifies classic omniscience. Open theism is true if God has understanding. If, If God has mental faculties. If God's mind works and functions, open theism is true. It's it's not that hard. So this is one of those things where these people who hate open theism, they think that just quoting their verse means their theology is true and open theism is false. But uh, pretty much almost every single of their proof texts is actually a proof text against their own position. They do not have any proof texts and so this is th- these are the best things that they could come up with these proof texts that actually prove open theism they say oh god has this ungenerated knowledge see this verse that says that god watches the world yeah watching god's acquiring knowledge that's what's going on here in this verse god has understanding god thinks discursively he's able to process information these are open theistic traits open theism is true If God's mind functions, let's move on. 1 John 3.20 For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and he knows everything. So before we, we talk about what this means specifically, if we turn back one chapter, it says that we have the anointing of the Holy Spirit and we know everything. And so to take this little phrase, knows everything, And then to make it into this ungenerated, non-discursive, eternal, and unfalsifiable, exhaustive knowledge of all things, time eternal, that's a little bit of a stretch. Often these phrases are limited by context. And in this context, it's talking about what are secret sins, maybe. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our hearts, and he knows everything. So if our hearts are condemning us, How much more information does God have about that subject? And This is nothing to do with uh, eternal, ungenerated, non-falsifiable knowledge, uh, exhaustive knowledge that's perfectly simple and identical with all God's attributes. That's just reading way too much into the text, especially because a chapter before the same phrase is used for human beings. It's a huge stretch. And open theists, they don't say that God doesn't know everything. Open theists, by and large, almost every one of them, uh, says that God knows everything, either in a literal sense or a general sense or in a dynamic omniscient sense. Uh, No open theist is going to deny this. So this is not a proof text to prove open theism is false if open theists readily accept it. (laughs) It was pretty funny in my debate with True Speller. He... He wanted to claim that the words have specific meanings, and if they're used in the Bible, then his meaning prevails, and then no open theist can say that. No open theist could say that God can make promises, because God doesn't know the future. He doesn't know if those promises are going to come true. Well, I make promises all the time, and True Speller does as well. What he's doing is he's taking this absolutely insane definition, imposing it on this word, uh, a definition he doesn't use in his own personal life. And then just trying to claim victory by hijacking words. This this is a cult mentality. It's a cult mindset. Same thing here. So if you see the phrase that God knows everything, and then you want to make it your super specific, uh, non-intuitive definition of God's omniscience, the text just doesn't bear that out. Especially in light of all the phrases that we use to show Calvinists that their reading comprehension skills Uh, stops. Stops when they reach texts about God. Then their, their reading comprehension skills goes out the window, and then they're militantly assured that all these phrases normally used elsewhere that they read in a normal sense, now they have super secret meaning since they're being applied to God. Bad reading comprehension skills. It tells you they're desperate for proof text. Isaiah 40, 28. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God. Yeah, God's everlasting. And the creator of the ends of the earth. Yep, creation is an act in time. God has sequence. He does not faint or grow weary. Elsewhere in the Bible, God does get weary. He gets weary with repenting. There's, there's mental stress. And so this is probably more likely being used as a generality. That God's not going to get tired out from like fighting. He fights all day and then he needs to sit down. He's a little exhausted probably not talking about his uh he is not talking about his mental weariness probably his physical weariness in the context of proclaiming God's power to the nations his understanding is unsearchable huh his understanding that sounds like discursive reasoning discursive thought his discursive thought is unsearchable open theism is true this is a list of uh, verses trying to prove open theism is wrong. And uh, most of these verses, they prove open theism is true. These people don't read their own proof text. They don't know them. Jeremiah 1.5 Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you to a prophet to the nations. Who's talking. God's talking. So God is having sequential act. He's forming words. He's uttering words in sequence. Open theism is true. He knew him in the womb. He before he formed him in the womb, I knew you before you're born. I concentrated. Does that mean like eternal? Does that mean like uh, from time eternal before any creation of any living being happened? He knew him. No, this is just. It's not time delineated. And typically, in the mindset of uh, the Semitics, the baby starts as unformed substance and then forms into a person. That's what uh, Psalms 139 is about, the formation, the fetology. And even John Calvin was on this page. When he, in his commentary, writes about Psalms 139, he points that out. It's about fetology. It's not about God knowing all the days. It's about God being familiar with the fetology process. We start as unformed substance and then we form in the womb. God's saying he knew Jeremiah when he existed as unformed substance in the womb. It's not generally applicable to everyone necessarily. That's a that's a huge jump. It's a massive leap in logic. It's 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 almost wishful thinking. People come across a phrase about God's relationship with someone, and they say, Oh, that applies to me too. Yeah, it it doesn't work like that. That's a that's a huge jump. You need to show your logic. Show your steps. Can't jump from a specific individual to a generalization. Jeremiah 23:24 Can a man hide himself in the secret places so that I cannot see him? God gains knowledge through seeing. God gains knowledge from outside himself. He says, declares the Lord, do I not fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord. This is sequence. This is God acting in time. This is God gaining information. Another open theist verse in a list of verses proving open theism is wrong. Yeah, this is not a very good list. Whoever made this didn't think about what they're writing while they wrote it. People, they don't, they don't know their own theology. They don't believe their own theology. And uh, they, they build a caricature of what open theism is. And then they just throw out random proof text against the wall to try to see one that sticks. Psalms 147, 4 through 5. He determines the numbers of stars. He gives to all of them their names. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. Discursive knowledge. Open theism is true. God has mental thought processes. His understanding is beyond measure. That means open theism is true. Open theism is true. Psalms 139, 1 through 6. To the choir master, a psalm of David, O oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. God gave information through searching. Open theism is true. Oh, man. Uh, these anti-open theists are not, not the brightest batch of people here. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, oh, wow, God sequentially understands things that are going on In the world, God, God is familiar, gains information. He watches him, and do these things. You discern my thoughts from afar. Oh, God is acquiring knowledge, from a faraway place. God is acquiring knowledge. Open theism is true. You search out my path and my line down, and are acquainted with all my ways. God becomes acquainted with David's ways through searching. You search out my path. You search out. You're looking ahead. You're 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 gaining information from outside yourself. Open theism is true, even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You hum me in and behind and before me, and lay your hand upon me. Now, will Duffy always gives a pretty interesting take on this. He says, "Well, well, our, our thoughts they form in our head, and then they go to our tongue, and then God intercepts them as they form in our head before they come out of our mouth. I don't think that's what's going on here. I don't. You look at Psalms 139. It's very personal in nature. God searches King David. He's very familiar with him. He's he's going around with him. He knows where he's going. He knows where he's sleeping. He, he, he's, he's putting a hedge around him, a hem of protection. I don't think King David is talking about God intercepting the brainwaves as they process before they get to his mouth. I don't think that's what's happening here. I think what's instead happening is he's saying that, you know me so well, you know, the things I'm going to say before I say them, just, just like normally, normally, if you have like a wife, you know, really well, or, you know, your kids really well, you know what they're going to say before they say them. You're very familiar with that person. You understand them well enough to predict their thoughts, their, their statements. They're predictable because of your familiarity. It seems that this is what's going on here. God has personal relationships. A relationship that with a creature, God has relationships to the world. This is denied in classical theism. Open theism is universally taught throughout the Bible, even in this verse. These passages, This uh, an open theist didn't pick all these passages. Someone who's trying to counter open theism has picked these passages. These are what they think prove it. And their verses all prove open theism. Their verses all contradict their theology. Open theism is true. Romans eleven thirty three through 36. Oh, the depth of the riches and the wisdom and knowledge of God. So wisdom is uh, applying knowledge to the real world. God applies knowledge. That's discursive. Open theism is true. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. All right, so we, we don't have direct access necessarily. He's, he's above us in a realm of uh, superior position. I'm not sure if that was meant to mean anything to this, who included this. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has been his counselor? A lot of people have been his counselor. There's Moses, for example. There's uh, in uh, 1 Kings 22, there was the angel who suggested a way to trick the king into battle. So he has had counselors, but is that what Romans eleven thirty three through 36 is talking about? No, it's talking about very broadly, generally speaking, God doesn't rely on other people necessarily for advice. Although sometimes he does, at, at, at he, he asks for it. He asks for input into his actions sometimes, but he doesn't like uh, keep a old wise counselor to disguise all his acts. That he solely relies upon. God is powerful. God is unrivaled. That's pretty funny. I was reading in David Klein's uh, commentary on Job. And remember Job is unrivaled too. There's none like him on earth. That doesn't mean that uh, categorically Job is above everyone else on earth. That means that no one's on the same level. Like uh, Michael Jordan. I don't know anything about basketball. Uh, He's on another level. No one compares to him in basketball. I don't know if they do or not. This is just an example. I know nothing about basketball. But in the same way, no one's like Job on earth. And no one is like God in might. No one can compare to God. This comparative language is used throughout the Bible. No one can compare to, was it Jerusalem? Jerusalem? No one compares to Jerusalem. No one compares to the King of Tyre. These This, this type of language is used and it's used often. And it's not on this... Uh, in this Greek mindset where it must be a different type altogether that God's knowledge is unlike ours. It's not like God has just more knowledge of everything, but it quanti- quantitatively, quali- qualitatively, it's different. Remember back to uh, one of our first podcasts, we covered a guy who, who said explicitly that that it's not that God has more knowledge quantitatively, but there's a quality difference that it's unlike ours god's knowledge is unlike ours but anyways i'm not exactly sure why this stuff means that open theism is false uh, they're just desperate for verses that this this is just absolute evidence that open theism is taught universally in the bible when their proof text falls apart they got to pick their proof text their proof text give us nothing Hebrews 4.13 And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. So God watches us and gains information from outside himself. Fantastic. Open theism is true. Matthew 10.30 But even the hairs of your head are numbered. By God. God counts. God counts. Open theism is true. Jeremiah 29.11 for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. God has plans for the future. That sounds open theistic. They're not plans if it's it's fatalism, is it? They're not plans if it's everything's fated, right? Now you wouldn't call that plans. This is God's plans. God has plans. And sometimes those plans get uh, subverted, as we talk about in Jeremiah 18. This is In Jeremiah, it is the same context, Jeremiah 18. Sometimes God's plans changed based on changing circumstance. God has plans for the future. Open theism is true. If God plans for the future, open theism is true. Isaiah 42, 9. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and the new things I now declare before they spring forth, I tell you of them. And he's talking specifically about his own power acts. Yes, God can tell us what he's gonna do and notice that God's conversing with us and so God's not got outside space and time in this eternal now God is having a relationship with creatures he's speaking with them and why is he doing this in context of Isaiah 42 he's telling them so that they can believe once those things happen he's trying to convince them attempting to convince them of something God is attempting, and God often fails uh, reaching human beings when he tries to, God is attempting to teach people something about himself, so that he's powerful. If God's controlling all things, or even if God knows all future contingencies, God shouldn't be guessing how to convince people. It, there should be, never be an Isaiah 6 vineyard scenario where God says, I expected good grapes, but they didn't come. There, they, there should never be a situation where God is lamenting and saying, what else could I have done? If God knows all contingencies, everything that's going to happen in any circumstance, that type of data doesn't fit that system. 1 Chronicles twenty-eight nine, And you, Solomon, my son, know the God of your father and serve him with a whole heart and a willing mind. For the Lord searches all the hearts and understands every plan and thought. Oh, God searches and gains information. Open theism is true. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. God responds to people. Open theism is true. This, these people, these people, they've never read their own proof texts. They, they never have. Um, I would love a debate with a Calvinist just using their own proof texts. I, we get a list of their proof, the list of these proof texts. These proof texts would be great. And we go through and we say, do their own proof texts prove open theism is true or not? That could be the debate they're gonna lose the debate they're gonna lose the debate when they read a verse about god watching the world and then they'll say oh god doesn't watch the world they have to deny the the straightforward reading of their text. oh this text secretly means my own ideas about what god's omniscience is like okay where do you get those ideas about uh, omniscience from then if it's not this proof text it's not if it's not your proof text where you think that uh, shows that open theism is false where do you get your understanding? It's not the Bible. It's not the Bible. Acts one twenty four, And they prayed and said, You, Lord, who know the hearts of all, show which one of these two you have chosen. Yeah, God knows hearts. Open theists aren't going to deny this. It's not a big gotcha. It's not like open theists can't say this because they don't believe that God knows hearts. The king of Tyre is actually said to know all the secrets of man. The king. I, I, a human being is said to know all the secrets of men. So what does that mean? I'm kind of interested in Calvinists breaking that apart and sh- and showing us their superior reading skills to tell us how is it that a human being can know all the secrets of a heart. Isaiah forty thirteen through 14, who has measured the spirit of the Lord or what man shows him his counsel, to whom does he consult and who made himself uh, understand who taught him a path of justice Taught him knowledge and showed him in the way of understanding well ah uh, that's that's an interesting uh, statement there because in in Jewish literature, sometimes God does learn from his creatures. You have taught me the right way so So Moses enters the promised land within uh the Talmud. I think it's in the Talmud uh, in the Talmud, God enters the promised land and they want to destroy God wants them to destroy all their enemies. But uh, they first reach out to their enemies for peace. And when the people uh, actually accept the peace, God says to Moses that, oh, you have taught me a new way. Well, yeah, so th- that those things could happen and t- Talmud's to be taken with a grain of salt. But we do have some conversations in the Bible in which God's standard of righteousness does tend to change based on conversations with individuals, such as, abraham in the sodom and gomorrah incident and so one 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 thing we probably shouldn't be doing is taking these big rhetorical questions assuming the answer to those rhetorical questions and then pretending it's some sort of metaphysical absolute rather than generality another thing we need to be very wary of is uh trying to conflate terms so we think of knowledge as like propositional knowledge. The car is red. And if you know the car is red, you have knowledge that that car is red. That's not not really what this uh, Isaiah passage is talking about. Who has taught him the path of justice? Who has taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding? It's like teaching God new skills. God is not learning from his creatures like that. God is not taking up tutors to tutor him in, in the finer arts of understanding justice and knowledge and and how to process and how to understand the world around them. That's what this is more talking about. This is not talking about someone doing something that surprises God. For example, if God does everything to Israel to make them love him and then they reject him and he says that I never expected this, it's not what this is talking about. Moving on, 1 Corinthians 2.11, for who knows a person's thoughts except for the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. So the first verse here, the first part of this verse actually is a rhetorical question that if we wanted to use the Calvinist reading method on this, we would say, well, this is a rhetorical question. The rhetorical answer is no one. That means uh, who knows a person's thoughts except for the spirit of that person, which is in him. That means God doesn't know our thoughts, right? If we want to take the rhetorical answer to this uh, generalized question and then make it absolute, that means God doesn't know the thoughts of people. I don't think that's what the author is going at here. I don't think that's what Paul is trying to say, but it does teach us not to be so rigid in our understanding of rhetorical phrases. So also, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except for the Spirit of God. Notice the parallel. I don't have to do this myself. I don't have to turn to a different part of the Bible to illustrate this principle. This is basically saying, we don't have access to each other's minds, and we also don't have access to God's mind. And so, I don't see how that means open theism is false. These people are psychotic. It's psychotic that whoever wrote this, whoever put this verse in here, Thought this had anything to do with open theism. And you really see that in the Will Duffy discussion with Pine Ridge, in which they're going over these Calvinist proof texts. And Pine Ridge is is all confused. He's like, what, what the heck? This is their proof text to prove that God has knowledge of all future events? And he's confused because he sees that the, the verse has absolutely nothing to do with their claims. They just, they grab verse, they are desperate for proof texts they don't have proof texts they'll, they'll literally just grab nonsense verses that that don't say anything about what they're trying to prove and then they'll paste it up there and say see this means my theology is true anyways my voice is going out so we probably should be ending about there um, the, these people are psychotic they they don't read their own verses they they don't they don't care about understanding what their verses are actually saying they don't believe their verses they it says God watches the world. They don't believe it. They don't believe, believe their own proof texts. Their own proof texts prove their position is wrong. Yet they militantly post these proof texts all over their pages. They militantly assault uh, open theists and say, he, See, these are my proof texts without any self-realization that they're undermining their own position. This is the world we live in. These are the people we're dealing with. We are not dealing with rational uh, thinking a thoughtful people who are generous, who are attempting to actually understand positions that aren't their own. These are cultists. We're dealing with cultists. Anyways, any questions, comments, put that down below or start a thread on the God is Open Facebook page. Thank you for listening.